Hello, everyone, and we're live for episode 21 of the Fitness Business Growth Podcast. I'm here with Jeremy. How are you, mate? I'm good, man. How are you? Good, man. Another week, another million-dollar closer. Today, we're going to hear about Jeremy's story from where he started to where he is now, which is running a highly successful sales agency. Cue the intro, and we'll be back in one second. Welcome to the Fitness Business Growth Podcast a podcast run by gym owners for gym owners. My name is Mitch, and along with Jamie, we are your hosts, and we will be discussing all the important things that you need to run a successful fitness business. From marketing, to lead generation, to sales, to retention, to staff, and much, much more. So if you are a fitness business owner, then this is for you. We hope you enjoy the following episode, and we will speak with you soon. And we're back. Jeremy, how are you, mate? Yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Excited mate, to be here. You're, the, you're my second favorite, favorite Irish person on earth. I've got my first one right there. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, it's hard, hard to compete with. I'll take second place behind them. <laughs> yeah, every Irish person I've ever met, I've been to a few UFC events, and I ask, like, hey, what's Conor McGregor like? And they don't have nice things to say about him, and it, it breaks my heart. Yeah, well, I mean, the legacy is there, but, um, yeah, he's, he's not always doing the best things in Ireland, I'd say, so I can well, understand both sides. In saying that, mate, if I was 26 and in three years went from unknown to the most famous person on earth with $100 million, I'd probably do some stupid stuff too. Yeah, yeah. I've done stupid stuff anyway, so uh, I don't have any excuses. With, with zero money, I do stupid stuff. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, mate, I was saying this before our phone call today, man. We have spoke tons in Slack, sent maybe 100, 200 voice members, but we've never actually had a chat like this one-on-one. So today's podcast, I want to explore your journey from, I guess, how you started in fitness, how you develop as a salesperson, to who you are now, which is a proven $1 million closer, not selling business coaching, not selling B2B, Duriman has sold $1 million plus in 12 months in straight fitness sales to what you're doing now, which is your sales agency, which I'm just generally really curious about. So, mate, take the floor. How did you start in fitness? And tell us about your story. Yeah, so it, it really started with, like, growing up, I always had, like, a love of rugby. That's essentially how I got into this, really. And... Um, I'd gone to university, done strength and conditioning, like was full set on working in professional sports. That was like my number one passion. And then I was doing like a a master's and COVID happened, right? And everything was kind of up in the air. I couldn't, I couldn't actually complete my master's fully because we were all like locked away. I couldn't do any of the studies. I couldn't do anything about it really. And I just kind of, you know, went onto Instagram and created an account just to keep myself busy and um, ended up having quite a bit of success, but in a very strange way. So I was obviously hoping to work with athletes and stuff like that. And I ended up getting a lot of success with kind of like mums and middle-aged women. And I just, I just rolled with it. I was like, yeah, let's do this. And I can just jump in there, mate. Like quite often when we get so passionate about rugby or AFL or UFC, whatever the case may be, we do want to work with our dream avatar, our dream client. And I'm not saying you shouldn't do that, but there's Mm -hmm. definitely pitfalls and it's definitely harder to be an expert. Got a great mate and he wants to do bodybuilding coaching. I said, well, mate, like you can do that, but understand that 
your clients can reach out to Chris Bumstead, Mr. Olympia. So it may be, it may be a difficult niche. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's definitely fair. And I think, yeah, for me, it, it got to the point where it was like, hey, do I want more money and freedom and the lifestyle that I want and to still help people? Or am I like so focused on this thing and this is all I want? And for me, I was like, if I can travel and have the life that I want and be able to do the things I want to do, I'm okay with helping a slightly different person. And that's yeah. the path that I have to go down. It's interesting, um, though, because in Mitch and I, gyms, we work with beginners, women over the age of 40 and 50, and we've truly changed some lives. Like we've had 30, 40 kilo weight loss stories where people have literally lost weight and fallen pregnant. And I always joke about, like, when you work with a beginner, you work with someone who really needs the help, you truly get life-changing results. And I'm not, I'm not diminishing the fact that going from 6% body fat to 5% isn't worth it or isn't difficult, yeah. but, like, that 5% person looks slightly better on stage in the right light, dehydrated, fasted, first thing in the morning. Who yeah. gives a shit? <laughs> like, yeah. like when you're actually changing someone's life. Yeah, 100%. And I completely agree. That was kind of the revelation over time. Like helping someone to achieve something that they've never been able to, helping them to overcome their limiting beliefs, to really like create an absolute transformation in their lives. That is more fulfilling than winning any rugby competition or anything like that. And that's kind of what ended up happening. You know, I sort of fell in love with it. Um, and then from trying to grow my own business, I invested in, you know, business mentorships. Like I'm a, I'm a big believer in, you know, learning from other people's mistakes. If someone's ahead of you in the game, they have the answers. Like the biggest leaps in everything I've ever done have come from investing in help with the right like, people. I'd love to unpack that because obviously we met in Systems by Design. It was an old mastermind ran by AG and AP, literally the most legit business coaches on earth. Yeah. I've been trying to duplicate, honestly, what they <laughs> did in the online space. I'm trying to duplicate that with the gym space because I've walked the walk. And yeah. fuck me, they <laughs> walked the walk. Hundred percent. Yeah. So that yeah, that's obviously where where we met, and and I think we both kind of followed a similar path on that. Sorry. Yeah, but prior to that, man, I'd love to understand what were some of those mentorships that you invested in earlier. Yeah. So I did one with a guy called Ryan Wagner. Shout out Ryan if you're watching this by any chance. I'm still friends yeah, on Facebook, <laughs> um, and that was really really good. That was probably the scariest leap of the whole thing because that was the first time I ever invested. I was like petrified of what I was doing and it was, it was pretty much all my savings, but I backed myself and that like started everything. You know, he, he did teach me some really good things. He taught me how to set up a business, how to, you know, do sales to a certain level, but it wasn't specifically focused on fitness. Mm. And I think there was, that's kind of what brought us, brought me towards SVD is like, you do start to realize that when you, they can be the most brilliant business coach or the most brilliant sales coach. But if, as you said, they haven't like walked the walk, they haven't done the thing that you're trying to do. There's always going to be gaps in their knowledge. There's always going to be very specific things that they miss. With that last one, I want to get a little bit more specific. So was that like literally like the basics of marketing and psychology and sales or was it setting up landing pages? Like, like what did you learn from Ryan? It was pretty much like a, you know, like a group kind of funnel, get people into the group, nurture them, get them on a sales call, sell them, like 
there's you, there's a million of them at the moment, like um, clients and community, like those kind of, you know, just replicating the yeah. same funnel. That's not to take away from from what I learned. It was yeah. extremely valuable at the time. And if it's someone's almost, like getting into it, I'd recommend yeah. it. It's almost laughable to think what Facebook groups were 10 years ago to what they are now, which is a source of lead generation. When they used yeah. to just be collect, like we had, I played AFL, like daily football in yeah. Australia. Yeah. And we had a, a footy group and it was just like, hey guys, training's at 5.30 tonight, make sure you're not, like, there was no lead generation going on. And if there was a hundred person in that group, 100 people would see it. It was unreal. Yeah. And yeah. now business people have ruined Facebook groups without adding everyone. <laughs> ruined it. Yeah, 100%. Like, I can't think of a single group I'm in now that isn't some form of lead generation for someone. <laughs> That's pretty much they are, all they are. I'm giving, like, fact, I have my own saying, group, so. Yeah, in saying that they do work, they do. They do. Yeah. Uh, but like, I think with any funnel, any level of sales ability, there is a cap. And it's when you hit that cap is when you go to that next step. So you had your group funnel and you were funneling people to a sales call. And was that for an uh, online program, six weeks, 10 weeks? What were you charging? Give us the details. Yeah. So it was a 12-week program, and it was 2,500 euro. So what would that be in dollars? Maybe 3,000, dollars maybe? maybe can, you just repeat, dollars? can you just repeat that, mate, the length and the cost of that program, just so everyone could hear it again, because that's very impressive? <laughs> it was a 12-week program, and it costs over $3,000, I would say. Okay. 12-week program for $3,000. Now, people are going to hear that and they're going to think, what the fuck? Like, when they charge 99 for 10 weeks, right? Or group gym owners like myself charge 66 a week to 88 a week. So, like, how did you charge that much? I thought that as well at the start when he was telling me, to be fair. That's probably the main thing that Ryan got into my head. He was like, you just need to charge it. People will do it. And I was like, I, I really don't know. I remember the first time I told someone the price. I had so much adrenaline that I went blind. I was like, oh, my God. I flopped, like, the first tree so bad because I was – they could definitely pick it up off me that I was like, oh, my God. And what I did was I dropped the price to where it was, and then each call, I bumped it up. And at, within two weeks, I got to the amount that I wanted to charge, and I said, okay, I'm just going to leave it there. And each time someone paid, I was like, no way, and just kept and, going. And what were you charging – like before you were in that first mastermind, what were you charging for the 12 weeks? Oh, I think it was like 170 a month. Yeah, so what, that's 340, it's 510 versus 2500. And yeah. the crazy thing is, is people think 510 is expensive. So they're going to think 2500 is expensive, right? And I think if gym owners and online coaches could conceptualize that, like, whether it's 80, 90, 100, 110, 117, don't get me wrong, logistical objections do exist, yeah. but it is still the same decision. Can this get me to my goal? Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> so we, we, went, we went with Ryan, we grew the group, we were getting maybe one client a week, two clients a week. At what point did you say, okay, I need to take the next step and venture into paid ads with SBD? Um, yeah, I think like I was getting kind of one to two, it was about that per week, and then I just seen a lot of the stuff that they were putting up with SPD and I could see the gaps. Like a lot of it was trying to bring it into the fitness world. I was trying to figure out how to do it myself. And when I seen people ahead of me that were versed in the space, 
I was kind of like, okay, well, maybe they know things that I don't know. Maybe they know how to overcome the, the pitfalls. And I think I, I jumped on, like, they were doing, like, you know, a triage call kind of thing at the time. And I jumped on one with AP and, and talked to him about it. And I could just tell that he understood exactly what I was saying when I was talking about the issues I was facing. While when I spoke to other people kind of in the more general space, they didn't really fully comprehend the difference, especially when you consider like emotional selling versus like ROI based selling. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're two very different concepts in terms of like how you go around it. So trying to get someone to make a decision that's going to transform their health, if someone hasn't sold like that or hasn't kind of helped people on that journey and they're just thinking in terms of business there is always going to be kind of differences in that so when i seen that they were on that journey they were ahead of me where i wanted to be that it just made sense to me i, I just thought and I was, I was addicted to learning and investing myself at that stage so i just went through and just so we can like really pinpoint what were the pitfalls that you weren't getting enough leads you weren't getting enough bookings or you just didn't have the confidence to sell that, like, what, what was the pitfall before you moved over to F- SVD? So the sales process, um, I just knew that it could be better. Do you know? I knew that it wasn't always landing, that it felt a bit awkward, felt a bit weird sometimes. And then, yeah, just like growing my group and, and doing it in a very predictable, very scalable way. Um, I just, I just wanted to know if there was different ways to go about it, different, avenues I could go. I only had the one offer as well. And I know that from speaking to AP, I'd realized that they do kind of two offers. And I thought that could help with the a lot of the logistical concerns, even though I was obviously making quite good money doing it with just the one. And mm. if people want to do that, cool. But I had visions of scaling to to millions. So I was like, okay, what do I need to do to get there? <laughs> it was pretty much yeah. my thought process. And what you said then, the key word for me, German, was predictability. Yeah. And Mitch and I have gone very, very hard at organic marketing. Yeah. Maybe a little bit too hard. And it does work. Like, it does. Like, this is a version of organic marketing. Yeah. But it's the predictability is where it always comes down, right? Because... If you grow your personal profile to 5,000 friends and you have to start deleting people to add more people, if you hit them with your offer one week, maybe you get a few sales. You might get five sales at 2K each, 10K a month. All of a sudden, dickhead business coach is saying you're in a half a million dollar run rate. What they don't tell you is they did the offer next week and got zero, right? So organic marketing does work. There is a place for it. But if you want to scale, there has to be a paid component and there has to be a predictable way where you can wake up Monday knowing you've got calls in your diary. And when that happens, and we can both testify to this, fuck, it's a good feeling. 100%, yeah. Like, yeah, knowing that that it's just full and that that predictability, I think you, you've zoned in on the right part there. Because when I think back to the struggles that I had, it was really a case of, you could put out one good piece of content and it would land. And I'm not a copywriter, so if it landed, I was like, yes. But then it could go a few weeks where you'd really struggle and you wouldn't be able to really get anyone. But with the ads, you just knew if something works, you can repeat it. It will keep going. You can mix it up and you can really stay on top of it. So, yeah, I think that the predictability was massive. A really great marketer in Australia, his name's Sari Subi. He owns King Kong. And he says it better than anyone in three words, uh, more than three words, sorry. One month is a feast, 
one month is a famine. And yeah. you've had these amazing months, think this is never going to end, and then week two of the next month, you have got any, no calls, and you just think, like, it's just, it's just a, it's a bad place to be mentally, and then yeah. com- compound that, you get one call at the end of the week, your entire ROI is on that call, and the state of mind that you go into that call. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So you're joining SVD, um, System by Design, so um, they help you run an online business, predominantly through paid ads. What was your experience like in there, and where do those pitfalls kind of get filled? Yeah, so, like, it definitely, we got to quite a predictable stage with that, um, and I guess what, like, what really happened, I mean, I don't want to stream over, but what really happened was, I started to have more predictability in the sales side of things. And then from AP, who's like one of the, the granddaddies when it comes to fitness sales, and from him, I sort of learned a lot more about what I was missing in that. And I just really ended up falling in love with the sales side. And, and that's kind of what pushed me forward in that direction. In terms I'm of- gonna, I'm gonna repeat that, mate. AP is the granddaddy of fitness sales. So- yeah. I was a very, 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 very good fitness salesperson before Systems by Design. And then I met him, I went through his course, I had his script, and the second I read that thing, I thought, I knew it was brilliant, right? And I think if you've done sales prior, and then you have the training and you get the script, you instantly realize just how powerful that is. Yeah. It's funny, I think I had like a slightly different, for me when I joined, I was like, it's so simple, is it gonna work? And then I (laughs) went through it and I was like, yeah, it works. (laughs) I think it works really well. My calls were taking hours before, like an hour and a half. And then they were saying, you can get it done in 30 minutes. And I was like, I just don't know how this is gonna happen, but there you go. That's the importance of learning from people that are ahead of you. Yeah, and I think just then you just had like, you just had belief broken after belief broken after belief broken. And when you see screenshots of 10 million or 15 million, you think, nah, this is a scam. This isn't going to happen. This isn't going to work. And then once you get inside, you think, fuck, like this does happen and it does work. It's just, I think what I've learned is just like, if someone else can do it, you can do it too. And I'm not taking away that there are people that are naturally gifted marketers naturally gifted salesperson, but you can do it to an extent that you can make a really good amount of money. Yeah. So you mentioned that you fell in love with the, well, the sales became predictable and that yeah. was what you just started to love. And I guess, I guess you wanted more sales calls, less lead nurture and less lead gen. Yeah. I wanted more sales calls and less of everything, <laughs> everything else. So I was like, I'm not actually that interested in all the other parts. Sales in itself can be quite a, transformative experience if you do it right for the other person and I realized that I I can help these people without having to do the bits that maybe I am not as interested in that was my personal experience so being able to and plus I came at this from a sporting background right so being able to pass on the people that I help using the skills that I love and being able to do the part I want to do to other people who are better than me at, at delivering I was like, awesome. We're, we're, we're combining to get this person the result that they really want. Yeah, it's one thing that I did not like about online. I'm not saying it's not great or bad. It just, just wasn't for me. I did not enjoy the fulfillment aspect at all. 
And we have an online component to our gyms. We, we have about three online sales a week. And where that's actually amazing is if you get three online sales a week, charging 87 a week for 26 weeks, they stay for 70, 70% of the program. Chucking numbers around here. We have about 70 to 80 online clients at any given time. And this is going to sound ridiculous, but that makes as much money as a gym makes. <laughs> like with no fulfillment, right? So that's where Mitch and I are really passionate about people having that online arm. And where I've been lucky is our trainers were already doing the fulfillment in club. We just added a check-in form. We've added a few different things here, and they just manage those clients themselves. How did you How did you find the fulfillment aspect? Um, I liked it. Like I liked some of it, but um, for me personally, it yeah, it was it wasn't my favorite part. Um, I think some people absolutely love that part, and that's amazing. You know, if they can deliver something that they're really proud of and that they they feel really good about and they enjoy the process, amazing. Um, I didn't always feel like that about myself, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And maybe that's, I felt more comfortable and confident in the sales part of it. Um, the worst thing was is when I had to like choose check-in call or sales call. And if a yeah. check-in call got in the way of a sales call, I was so dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, something's come up. <laughs> yeah. So you transitioned from that. And then I said this to Brooke last week on the podcast, and we'll cover this later on in the podcast. I don't think many fitness professionals are aware of the opportunities that are out there to become a high ticket closer. Yeah. And just the enormous amount of money it can pay if you are skilled and good at it. And that's where I guess both of us came to that crossroads where it was like, hey, we can make 20K a month selling, no legion, no nurture, no fulfillment, or we can make 20K a month and do the rest of it. And then I know what I preferred at that time. Yeah. 100%. And when you make 20K per month as a salesperson, you make 20K. Like 100%. when you do it as like a business owner, when you factor in everything else, you know, it starts to get a little bit slimmer. And that was the way I always thought about it. Like if I can eliminate my stress and I can kind of check in to work, check out, and I can make the money that I'm actually think I'm making, for me, I was like, it's a bit of a no brainer personally. Um, so yeah, mm. I think. So we had an online business, and then you end up doing high-ticket sales for multiple fitness brands across the country, mm-hmm. uh, typically women over 40. And I guess you closed over a million dollars last year. From the first sale you made to the last sale you made in 2022, how was that? How did your experience – what was your experience like, and how did you develop as a salesperson over the 12 months? Yeah, I like – I think um, when I when I first kind of transitioned in, it was quite a you know quite a successful company, and and the the pressure was on to deliver, um, and I'm not going to lie and say it wasn't stressful at the at the time, but I think I'm always the type of person that really does well under pressure. Like I have just as you said, kind of that growth mindset of like I know that I can achieve what I want, I just need to get the help and put in the work to actually get there. I've no doubt in my ability to actually do the things. So when I first came on and I was kind of hovering uh, uh, along the bottom of the table, feeling under pressure, and I just kind of took matters into my own hands and did absolutely everything I could to improve. And, and that just, was one of the things that yeah, I liked. And just, and just to be clear, Jeremy was selling a $3,000 program in less than 30 minutes. So yeah. it's, a, it's a difficult, complex sale. 
yeah, and that was back to back. So you're getting 30 minutes, 30 minutes, 30 minutes, and you're booked every every slot that you have available, right? So it's the it's a high pressure, high complexity environment. Um, so yeah, it was it, that's kind of the the top the top level of of fitness sales that I think you can actually get to. I don't well, see I'm just going to jump in there, mate. One of the biggest beliefs that was broken for me was seeing the calendars and just yeah. like booking, 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 booking. And it really is hard for gym owners to understand that get zero leads a week and sometimes zero bookings. There are companies out there that get 250 bookings a week. So 250 people book into a call, they do an application, and that's just not in fitness. That's lots of different companies all across the world, service-based. And I I hate hate the word mindset because I don't like blaming people's mindset, but if you just knew the opportunities that was there and you saw what was possible, had an open mind and didn't think it was a scam, I think people would do a lot better. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's it's that same thing like about price. You know, when I thought, two and a half thousand was like, there's no way someone would pay that. And then I'm charging people for it. Like when you do see how the level some of these businesses get to, it is an absolute eye opener as to what is possible. And it also gives you such an element of belief. Now I'm like, I look at situations and I'm like, oh, making 10,000 in my own thing if I started it. I'm like, that's easy. I know how to do that. Yeah, you see someone make 15 million, you think I could do one tenth of that. Yeah, no, easy. I can do one percent of that, which is 150k, right? So, yeah, it really is important that you just understand what's possible. And, and what stops it from being possible is skills. It's not luck. Yeah. There's no, there's no such thing as luck. It is skills, and you can acquire the skills to do this. So. Let's transition into what you do now. So you're a million dollar closer. Congratulations. I know about five of them in the world. One million in 12 months. That's a huge, huge accomplishment. And you are now running, is it a sales agency or how would you categorize it? Yeah, so there's kind of two arms to it. We have a bit of a recruitment side. So yeah, I just call it a sales agency in general, but we focus specifically on fitness. So we we have a recruitment side so people can come to us and we will find them closers that match their offer, match exactly what they're looking for, and we'll train them and place them into that offer. And we will also coach them to make sure that they ramp up and that they settle in correctly and that they can really deliver at a high level for that person. So that's one side. The other side then is where we will actually provide a full sales team. We'll manage, we'll hire, we'll fire, we'll train, we'll deal with sales meetings, everything like that every day and do what needs to happen so that we can ramp that business up and keep going. And um, so yeah. that's kind of the two things that we do offer currently. So the one, the one arm is placing individual sales reps within companies, and that might be a high-ticket closing company that gets a hundred, couple of hundred bookings a week. They're always looking for good sales stuff. Hey, give my guy an opportunity. Give him 10 bookings. Watch what he can fucking do. Yeah, and like one of the – a lot of the time as well, it's actually we find that you get a lot of business owners that have tried to transition out of sales themselves, and they mm. brought on someone that was subpar – and they don't want to leave it to chance anymore. They want, hey, like I've tried this before. I wasn't happy with the person. They weren't at a level. Because the way it is, right, is 
if you haven't done it yourself, how can you tell if someone else is ready for it? If you don't know the skills, how can you coach them how to do it? If you can't problem solve all the issues that will come up for them, how can you expect someone to deliver on the level you want for your business? It doesn't make any sense. You don't even know what KPIs are possible. Yeah. If you're closing at 20% and you think that that's amazing, like your mind's going to be blown when you bring in someone that closes at like 50. (laughs) But if you don't think it's possible, you're, you're going to settle for something way lower. Yeah. And the thing too is like when someone says like, I'm a great closer, give me an opportunity, give me a free trial. It's not free for the company, mate. They're paying for the bookings. Right. And exactly. sometimes you get someone to pick up a phone call. It can be a couple of hundred bucks. So if you're a closer who's not skilled and says, let me work for you, let me work with you, let me work with you. Like an opportunity could be, how about you pay for the bookings? I promise you, if you're looking for work and you say to a company, Hey, I'll pay for five bookings. Give me a shot. I'll give you a shot. Yeah. I, 100%. Because that just shows absolute confidence. Like, and that's unfortunately the, the nature of it. Um, it is a hard game sometimes to get into purely because the really, really, really good offers understand that, hey, to get to this level, you need to have reps. You need to have some some experience under your belt or it's going to be very hard for us to put you with someone that's just going to spend money on your on calendar you. so that you can learn. We're not here to pay you to learn, right? So yeah, that's that, always one that, of the challenges. Yeah, and that's where, like, if you, if you are new to sales – there is so much amazing content online. Like, obviously, I would recommend paying Sales Sniper, paying NAPQ, joining Jeremy's program. But you can go from a very shit closer to a pretty good one in a short amount of time if you just put the work in. Yeah, definitely. Like, I, it's the same in the business setting. Like, the biggest leaps and bounds that I had were when I, you know, put my money where my mouth is and I learned from people that were that were better than me. And... Yeah, because you have to get yourself into the position where you can have the reps and you can do what you need to do. And then learning and, and pushing yourself and constantly trying to grow is the only way to get to the top of the game in, in any game. Right. So the, the learning never yeah. ends. The investment never ends. Yeah. And the other side of your business is where you take over an entire sales system. So that's just one thing straight. Someone's doing the marketing. They're dropping bookings in calendars. You've got five guys working all those calls and you're managing their bookings, their no-shows, their missed calls, their closes, their admin, improving the culture. You're just literally like you are stepping in as a consultant and saying, we need to do these things. Yeah. So we basically come in as like sales manager, you know, chief sales officer, whatever you want to put a label on it. And we then are in like we're linked to the company. If they do well, we do well. So we generally do it on a bit of a like pay per performance basis. So it's in our best interest to grow the company and get it as big as possible and to make sure that everyone's happy. So we'll give you an example. One of the businesses that we took on in the UK in January, when I came on, um, there was three of us. There was me, the business owner, and a part-time guy. We've grown that to a team of eight. We have, I think, four x their revenue, and nearly 3x their cash collected. So had massive growth since January, and that's kind of what we do. If someone is prepared to, and they want to grow, and sales is their bottleneck, which it will get to at a point, I think they were closing on average about 15% before we came in. The closing Mm. average now is 36%. 
Yeah, and if you close three times as many people, collect more cash, that allows the business to spend more money on marketing, hence more salespeople. And then once again, it gets to a certain point where like it just continues to snowball, which is really, really cool, man. And that was a UK company, and um, what type of products do they sell? So something very similar, it's probably, I think I worked it out, it is, this is an even more impressive number, it's four, I worked it out earlier, it's $4,200 for 12 weeks. Wow. Once again, Jim is anyone listening, 4200 for a 12-week program? Online program. Online program, and they're closing yeah. one out of three people, that's astronomical. Astronomical. Yeah. <laughs> collecting, cash collected, I think is 55% on that as well. Which is massive. That's wild. We have no financing. Wow. Well, mate, I've really enjoyed getting to know, I guess, your story and what has led you to this point. Second half of the podcast, we've got about 20, 20 minutes together. I want you to go through the, fit, the, the fundamental script that you've created and just a brief rundown of why you've created it, the sections in the script, and really, what are we pulling from each part of the script? And then we can just go, go, go through back and forth. So do you want to explain, I guess, the phases of your script and, and why that why they're important in the first place? Yeah, so like with, with the fundamental script, like as you highlighted, we, we essentially wanted to break it down into the easiest way to learn it immediately for someone. So what we're going to go through is essentially like if you have a framework that you can follow and you can deliver it, that's going to get you a lot of sales. If you know what information to pull out, you can do that without understanding the deeper, really advanced skills at all. So this is always the first step is having something that you know is repeatable and consistent, right? So we generally start with just like a very basic introduction. I am not a massive fan of small talk at the end. I find it always very awkward personally. <laughs> so if you jump onto a call and there's just like that weird, awkward, how are you, where are you from and stuff, I'm usually just waiting for it to end so that we can start what we're speaking about. Yeah. And I think the prospects feel the same, right? So yeah. usually dive right in and just kind of set the, the frame, ask them sort of what they're looking for. So we usually have something like... like yeah, the way I look at the script, mate, is like, select Monopoly, do not pass go, do not collect $200. And in yeah. each phase of the script, you want to collect something and then move on. Obviously, there is a lot more nuance than that, but if you can understand the phases of the script are collecting one or two things that you can use at the end. Yeah, 100%. And really what it comes down to is, like, the objections that you could possibly get at the end, because each thing you're trying to do is prevent a specific objection, right? So... At the start of the call, it's just about warming them up a little bit, like getting them talking. But mo most importantly, it's shining the spotlight on them. Like, what are they looking for? Why did they come to your gym in particular? Why did they come to your business in particular? Um, and then kind of discussing what could possibly happen. You know, being quite neutral, not making it seem like a sales call, making them feel like it's their choice ultimately what happens at the end, right? So that we can eliminate that pressure. Hi, my name's Jamie from Breakthrough Active, and we're here today to talk about fitness. And at the end of the call, you're going to make a decision, yes or no. We want to yeah, do the Don't give me a maybe. <laughs> maybe. Yeah. So what Jamie's really talking about is, it's like, hey, my name's Jamie. Like, why did you book the call? Why are you here? Maybe we yeah. can help. Maybe we can't. We'll see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, giving it, leaving the room for them to not want what you want. Because at the end of the day, you don't know a ton about them yet. So you can't say with definitive, like, yes, that you're going to be able to sell them. 
Okay, so it's, it's about actually waiting to find out their problems before you come in with your conviction about your solution. So after that, we would just have kind of current situation, which is, again, just getting some of your basic details. You know, their age, their weight, their goal, like kind of high up overview of some issues that they're facing. You know, why do they feel they struggle? Do they have any medical conditions? Things that are going to be useful later on to explore. But we just kind of breeze through it yeah. conversationally. How I like to view this part of the script is we're just starting to, to build that gap. Just starting to build yes. the gap of basically, hey, where are you now? And then, like, if we can help you, like, where would you like to be? And if I relate this to gym owners, it's as simple as, like, what's your current body weight? What would you like to weigh? And what have you done previously? It really yes. is that simple. That's, that's pretty much it. Like, it's just about as well, nice kind of easy conversational questions. It's as well you kind of um, asserting your control over the conversation, not in a bad way, but you asking the questions, you kind of creating the pace so that they can start to just get into that rhythm of, of you sort of controlling where we're going with it. So after yeah. that, as you said, it, it's about getting into that past experience. You will have some sales coaches. I know that you obviously understand the importance of past experience, but some sales coaches will say never talk about the past. You know, don't bring it up. For me, in my mind, it's in in fitness, it's so important because people have baggage oh. from before, past yeah. failures, past experiences that you need to understand for for two kind of reasons. Like, number one, you need to disqualify what they've done before. That's key to helping someone make a decision because – they might have done Weight Watchers or whatever 10 times, but if you can't get them to verbalize why that doesn't work, when you tell them your, your price at the end and it's like 10 times the cost of Weight Watchers, what, some part of them is going to be like, oh, no, I'll just do that again, even though it didn't work for them. So, Yeah, and we, especially, with, especially with gym owners directly, like you need to understand that they've been to a gym before. Like, yes. especially yeah. for pricing, too. They've been to F45, they've been to BFT, they've been to Fitstop. You know they paid 50 or 60 a week before, so at the end of the call, there isn't going to be price shock. And if there is, that, that's not the objection. Yeah, yeah. 100%. And one, one, yeah. Thing, one thing you said that is so important, man, and I think probably one of the biggest things I learned from AP directly was just I hear all the time on sales calls, mate, oh, what did you do? I did Weight Watchers. Oh, that sucks. Never, ever, ever actually bag what they've done before. Like, you just ask them a question. Oh, like, you've done Weight Watchers? And, like, like how is that? It's the curious tone. And they're yes. going to say they failed. And if they say they failed, and then you don't go, yeah, because counting's too hard, you shouldn't count, you could never do that. Oh, like, what, why do you think it failed? Yeah. And, and they disqualify it for you. It's, it's, it's actually unbelievable when you hear it. Yeah, and that's the thing like that I always say to people is like what you say is pure garbage, what they say is gold. Like yeah. you're not you're not asking them questions so that they tell you most of the time. You're asking them questions so that they tell themselves. They need mm. to explain things to themselves out loud so that they can actually understand it and convince themselves because you're not persuading anyone by going on monologues and telling them things. No. No. So, and if yeah. you, if you disqualify the option for them, they're going to think you're a salesperson, which is known as in the sales world as building sales resistance. And it's just a simple question like they're on the call with you. You understand there's a gap. They're not happy. What they've tried previously hasn't worked, but they need to verbalize it. 
Because for some reason, human beings have nostalgia about things they've tried in the past. And even if Weight Watchers worked, and they think, oh, it was so amazing, or great, oh, did you, have you kept the weight off? Ah. Oh, like, why is that? Right? So, like, yeah. you just cannot shit on anything. Yeah, 100%. I think um, a really good tool that I, I've used for people are uh, something to understand as well is the idea of two truths. If if I went to you and I said, hey, Jamie, do you like your job? You'd probably say, yeah. I'd say, okay, cool. Like, what do you like about it? You'd tell me positive things. And I said, oh, is there anything you'd change? You'd tell me negative things. But if I turned up and I said, hey, Jamie, why don't you like your job? You'd say, yeah. I never said that. So yeah. it's about like leveraging the benefit, the benefits and leveraging being kind of positive and open to them having a good experience with something so that you can get to the negative. And that's where having the curious tone and asking questions and being open to them having a better opportunity, that's, that's where that really comes in. Because they will sense that and they'll be more willing to talk badly about the things and disqualify the things themselves. Yeah, right? cool. Mate, what's the next phase of the script? Cool. So it's from there. I usually have a bit of a, so we've, disqualified what they've done before. Next thing we want to do is disqualify the DIY. Why can't they do it themselves? And I do it in one single question, and I think it's a super powerful question. So the way I always ask it is, uh, is again, that kind of skeptical cu- tone, that curious tone. Okay, and may- maybe help me to understand why you would look at getting outside help with this instead of maybe just trying to do this by yourself. Mm. So what do they do? they instantly come in and tell you all the reasons they can't do it by themselves. Straight away, we've removed that objection at the end of the call. Because ultimately, if they think they can do it by themselves, there's absolutely no reason for them to give you $3,000 so that you can do it for them. Yeah, right? and you can't, you can't tell them how good accountability is. They will literally tell you, like, yeah, I've tried things before, and I was a member of a 24-7 gym, and I just never went back, and I just I need someone to hold my hand. And we both said the same things then, but they said it, not you. Exactly, yeah. And I think a really important thing is, no matter what they say at this stage, do not try to sell them your program. Just accept what they're saying, understand its importance, and get them to communicate why it's important. But do not bring your solution into the picture yet whatsoever. Mm. So, yeah, after that, we want to move into the why. So, again, that kind of emotional state, because... People buy emotionally, right? They justify logically. So we need to, especially for emotional selling, such as fitness, you know, where it's not like they're not getting a return on their investment. They're not a business, right? So it needs to actually be able to solve an emotional problem. So the way that I always do this is I focus on their current pain. So I know that you want to lose X, Y, Z, but but I guess what are the the reasons behind wanting to make that change? And then we can explore that, like probe into what do you mean by this? Like, what does that look like day to day for you? Do you mind like explaining a little bit more how that impacts you? And pain, how that's actually impacting them, how it's affecting them. So we have our, our starting point, what they're experiencing now. Then we want to bring them to an imagined state or a future state. What would happen if they were to sign up with us? Okay, but again, we want to frame it in a neutral I love way. that question so much. As in, like, I understand your goal. If you lost X amount of weight, you achieved X, Y, Z, you can do X, Y, Z. How does that look? What, how does that impact your life? And what does that truly, truly look like? And you can almost hear them smile on the phone. 
It's such yeah. a powerful thing. 100%. I always do it. I have a two-step process with it. So I always say, so let's say you're selling a 12-week program. Suppose in 12 weeks, we were able to help you and all of the problems they told me, I removed them. We were able to help you lose this weight so you had more confidence. You had more energy. You know, you were looking at yourself in the mirror and you were actually happy with what you've seen. Whatever they said, I feed it back to them. We remove it. Just like we have with other women. What, what sort of benefits do you feel that would bring into your life? They'll tell you. We want to understand why those benefits are important. Explore them. And if we can get specific examples of things that they want to do, I then tag on what I like to call the imagined state. So we have the future logical solution. Then we go to our imagined state. So I get them to imagine themselves. Okay. So imagine yourself. It's 12 weeks from now. And let's say you've lost this weight. And you're finally able to, again, repeat what they said back to them. You're finally able to go to the beach with your kids and wear a bikini and feel confident and feel attractive in your own skin. Like when you picture yourself in that situation, laughing and playing with your kids, how do you feel? Yeah. And, I feel and amazing. That, yeah. And that is why you can charge 4200 for a 12-week program because you are solving such a deep issue for that person and fitness professionals are so removed from that life of feeling terrible day after day, year after year, month after month. And if you take one thing from this podcast, gym owners, what's your goal? I want to get healthy and fit. Great. We can help you do that. Yeah. that that's literally the extent. But if you do what Jim and just said, you will close more deals. Yeah. Yeah. You got to get them to feel it. Like the, the, the call should be an experience. You know, they should actually feel the journey that you're taking them on. So we start with our, our current state. We build them up to our future state, to our imagined state. That's the ultimate high. It's what they told you, the struggles that they have, and you remove them all. That's the only reason they want to work with you, right? And from there, we rip the carpet out from under them. We bring it down, and that's how we create our gap, right? So my, my concern is what happens if, you never fully commit to yourself. You never go out there and get the right help so that you can learn the right skills that you need and whatever problems they said, and your confidence gets even lower. Your energy levels get even lower and you spend less and less time doing activities with your kids because of it. What would that actually be like for you? And for that, for people that haven't had this call, Imagine yourself on the other end of the phone, being in the future state. Imagine you being the, the healthy, happy, energetic mum to never achieving your goals, which is probably the more likely outcome because we know that person hasn't achieved their goals for 10, 15, 20 years. I um, To be honest, mate, I actually really struggled with that at the start because it is a tough question to ask because you know that they're going to be emotional. Um but you cannot let your own emotions get in the way of asking that question. That person needs to experience that pain. Definitely. And I think that's some of the mistakes that people make at the start. They, they skip it because they're uncomfortable. Mm. But you gotta, you, you gotta be strong for the other person because if they can't understand the realities of the situation, they're not going to make a change. Like we know that their internal narrative around their situation, we know that there's something wrong with that. That's why they're stuck. So you need to help them to explore it for their own good. You're doing them a service by helping them. And that's, that's the way I always think about it. 
I need to make myself uncomfortable sometimes so I can help the other person. And quite often if you ask that question with the right tone, the right cadence, and you have rapport, they will literally almost scream out, I just can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not willing to accept that. I cannot go down that pathway. And that eliminates probably the biggest objection that we get is, I need to think about it. In that emotional state, after being in future and being dragged back down, it makes them make a decision. That's what creates urgency. I think sometimes people focus on, like, the if you found something, when are you going to start? Like, asking questions like that, which creates, like, false urgency. Ultimately, what we want to create is internal tension. They're like, I have to do this. Because that's the way that people actually take action, as opposed to you trying to get them to say that they're going to start now when they might. Right? Well, if they don't feel the need, they yeah. won't start. Yeah, people need to hit rock bottom to change. And our job on that call is to make them understand that, hey, like, this could be your rock bottom. And if you don't make a change, then what's going to happen? Yeah, definitely. So, yeah, after that, just roll into the pitch. So I always have a little secret weapon that I like to do right before the pitch. When someone expresses they have to change, they have to do something, I always say, okay, so time to make a change then, possibly. And the possibly is such an important tag on because when you play it down, even though they're in a very emotional state, what do they do? They maximize it. I definitely need to make a change. I definitely need to do something. And as you're about to tell someone your your service, there's no sweeter words to your ear <laughs> if they're yeah. demanding that they need to do something and that you need to tell them how you can help. That's, yeah. that's golden. I had a gym call yesterday for a Breakthrough Active and our trial closer. Do you think this could potentially? And before I finished my sentence, yes! Like, I have to change. And then, do you think it's hard to pitch the price after that? No, definitely not. Definitely not. So, yeah, it's, it's about building it up. And then for the pitch, obviously, I think one of the biggest differences that, that came into my world in terms of, like, sales was understanding that if I can tailor my pitch to practical problems in their life, like solve practical things. Sometimes people have a habit of talking about like very abstract things, your mm. metabolism, metabolic rate and how we're going to do this and that and hormones. And like, yes, sometimes it makes sense, but a lot of the time you're just confusing the person and you're introducing problems they didn't know they had. So you just yeah. need to take in what they said and solve it. If they're time poor, how do we make it time efficient? If they have a family life, how do we work around their family? And make yeah. them understand exactly how you're going to fix it. Yeah. A great example would be the second core pillar of our program is it needs to be enjoyable. Because if you don't enjoy what you're yeah. doing, yeah. you're just going to return back to old habits. What I mean by that is eating foods that you love, not eating foods that you don't love, taking into consideration your schedule, your family, your routine, and really molding the plan around your life. Because if you enjoy what exactly. you're doing and you get consistent results, that's when the magic happens. Yeah, I said that a lot. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about, as you mentioned, the metabolic rate or, or their metabolism or their hormones or counting calories because if you say counting calories in your pitch and they've counted calories before and they hate that, they're not going to buy your stuff. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, and that's, it's so key to have a very clear, very concise message like, is it going to work? Yes. Are you going to like it? Yes. Are we going to be there with you each step of the way? Yes. Effective, enjoyable support and accountability. 
if you can get them to understand those three pillars and how it fits into their life, you don't need much more, right? Absolutely. Well, mate, what is the... We've kind of covered the script now. I appreciate you have such a tactical training. What is the plan for you over the next 12 months? What is the plan of your agency over the next 12 months? Yeah, like, I mean, in terms of where we want to go with it, I really want to be the, the number one kind of solution in the space when it comes to recruitment, when it comes to done-for-you sales teams. Um, I don't see a lot, of, a lot of competition exactly in with what we're doing, so... I want to keep pushing us to strive and be the best and to to really change. I guess like when I talk about our mission, vision and values and stuff with the, the people that we bring on, I always talk about it. it. At the end of the day, it's about helping as many people as possible through our clients' programs. Because if we can focus on that, that's where all the success is going to come. So we want to help as many business owners as possible to expand their business we want to help as many clients to get to where they want to go and live the lives that they want to live. So, yeah, we just have our eyes on being number one and, and growing as big as possible and helping as many people as possible. What you said then is so important, mate, just helping more people make a change. Because some people might listen to this podcast and think, geez, Jamie and Jeremy are manipulative. They're yeah. pausing, they're using cadence, they're using little tricks on the phone call. It's not what sales is about. It's about helping someone remove the obstacles in that path, walk them down a path, help them understand why they are where they are and help them move forward. And that is why sales is so important. And one more thing I will say, mate, if you charge 3000 for a program, you're going to get a better quality of client, a more committed client. And just by charging more for your program, your product is actually better yeah. because they're going to follow through on what you say. 100%. People that so maybe, pay more pay more attention. Yeah. So if you're a gym owner or you're a fitness professional looking for a sales gig, how do they contact you? What would the next step be? Yeah, the next step is, is pretty simple. You can just shoot me a quick message on Facebook. It's probably the easiest way. We can, we can sort out how to get you involved, walk you through the process, even train you up if you're lacking some of the skills that you need or some of the confidence. We can get you there. And help you transition and the best fitness salespeople that i've ever come across are the ones that start out as business owners so 100 because they understand the lead gen side the lead nurture yeah. and they respect the person's bookings exactly well mate i really appreciate you coming on today thank you so much guys that was a very very tactical training from one of the best fitness sales closers in australia uh, in the world sorry as i mentioned contact <laughs> jimin if, if you are looking for a bit of a change thanks for listening guys awesome yeah.